This podcast is brought to you by cbj.com slash beats. If you need a beat for your next album, mixtape, or demo project, check out cbj.com slash beats. That's S-L-E-E-P-E-J dot com slash beats. Warning, this podcast may offend some people unintentionally. So if you get offended easily, you are advised to turn off now. And if you're still here listening, thanks and enjoy the show. What's up with the world? It's your boy CBJ. You tuned in to Sleep Talking. I just want to say I appreciate each and every single one of you guys for checking me out. We are moving and grooving. We got a lot of people tuning in every week. So continue to spread that word about who we are and about all the music talk we be doing. Today I got a good friend to the room, uh, Block Marley here. He's a DJ in the St. Louis area. If you guys don't know, say what's up, Block. What's up? What's up? What's the word? So, Block Marley, man, what you... uh? Tell the people who you are and what you've been up to. Yeah, man. Uh, DJ Block three one four on all social media, man. I follow back. Um, oh shit, I'm a radio personality, a host, of course, a DJ with the Missouri Fleet DJs, Fleet DJ stand up. Uh, we worldwide. Um, you know, I'm just out here. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what's up. When you say you're a radio <laughs> DJ, uh, where'd you do uh, radio in? Uh, my city, my music is when we kicked it off. And uh, that situation actually led me to another opportunity at on uh, Power 314. So shout out Mo and Jay for Power 314, man. Make sure y'all tuning in. That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, Black, today we're going to talk a little bit about music. Um, that's what we do on Sleep Talking. We, we talk randomness, you know, some stuff in the, the news media, basically pop culture type stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we talk music, all the new albums that be coming out. We talk about, you know, pretty much just whatever we want. Sleep talking gets a little bit gibberish sometimes, so we just do what we want. Okay. Um, any new music you're listening to? Anybody like, uh, you know, whether we heard about it, haven't heard about it, anything you listen to that's new? Uh, Yeah. Uh, Nipsey Hussle actually just dropped his new, uh, last album, uh, Finish Lap, I think it is. Okay. Was it, was it Victory, Victory Lap? Lap. Excuse Victory me. Lap. Yeah, I call yeah, it yeah. Finish Lap. Victory Lap. <laughs> uh, you know what? I checked that one out. I, uh, I, I'm not a fan of Nipsey. Like, his okay. voice. It's his voice. Like, I, mm. it, he has too much of a... It, maybe it's just too deep for me when mm-hmm. I listen to it. It's just like, uh, I'm not really into that. It's It sounds too dead to me. There's no, like, fluctuation. It's like, uh, he just kind of hits the same level the oh, whole yeah. time. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, but you know, honestly, when I hear, I mean, of course, you know, shout out that West Coast man. He got that that West Coast shine and vibe to his music, and that yeah. kind of take me back. Yeah, I'm I'm more of that. I did get, say it was more of a like he was super gangster on it, and I was <laughs> like, uh, I'm still a fan of that the old school West Coast of the the old funk. But I did check it out. It was a decent little album. Yeah, he got some bangers on there. Uh, you know, um, next other, of course, you know that Drake Scorpion just dropped. You know right. what I mean? He got a couple of tracks on there, especially for the ladies. You know, a lot of that R and B smooth shit. <laughs> uh, I checked out the the Drake album. It was, I didn't listen to it. Like I didn't get a chance to digest it. I just kind of browsed through it. Yeah. Uh, first time around, I really wasn't feeling it. But I, Drake is definitely one of those people. When I listened to it, I was like, man, the first time, oh, I don't like this. I remember his first album when it first came out. I was like, it sounds so weird. Yeah. And I didn't like it. 
it wasn't until like my second or third time around where I was like, eh, I kind of like this one. I kind of like that one. And yeah. then, you know, by the end of the summer, it was my shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this one's going to be that one either. But yeah. um, that was yeah. a thank me later. Right. Wasn't that yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I think it was because he was he was coming out with that dreamy sound. Mm-hmm. And that dreamy sound was just like new. And I was like, I don't like the way the beat sound. It just sounded weird. It sounded like to me, it reminded me of like if you've never listened to uh, what do you call that? Um, the screwed and shot music. Oh, yeah. And you know how you, you got to be high or something. On yeah. It to, to kind of really vibe to it. And I was like, it just has this weird like sound to it that I couldn't really process. Mm. But uh, I really eventually got to liking it. This new one, I, I sat down with it a little bit yesterday, trying to digest it in anticipation to, sh- uh, to record this. For those that you don't know, I normally record these Tuesday and release them Tuesday, but this one's being recorded Saturday, so I might be a little bit behind as far as for like actually digesting music like I normally do. But um, yeah, so I tried to sit down with anticipation of talking about it today. For sure. And it, I got halfway through it before, I don't know, something happened with the music where it quit playing. So I was like, well, I guess I'm done for tonight. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I liked it. Um, I think he kind of, he was in his feelings, especially as you could tell the Pusha T situation had oh, yeah. him in his feelings. Cause like, well, I won't say that it was all on him, but a lot of it had something to do with him because he started out, he, he kind of started out to popping his shit. And then, like, at some point, he was talking about his kid and the situation. Ah, uh, yeah. And I, I don't the know. Baby I, moms. Yeah, I think he had to go back and revisit it. He might have been planning on, on talking about it, this album. But I think that Pusha T situation is like, well, now he says I was ashamed of it. So now I got to say, I wasn't ashamed. I was just trying to protect him from y'all motherfuckers. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I said, so he had to play that cleanup a little bit. And that might have been what it was. And I tried to listen to that one that Nicki Minaj was on. Mm. But I didn't really like the the recording of it, like, because uh, Nikki's part wasn't like them in the studio. It was like, oh, Nikki did a a show, and they took the audio from from the show. show. <laughs> and I was like, it sounds like a mixtape track. It don't sound like a real album type feel. Yeah. So I really wasn't feeling it. But I was hoping that it was you know Nikki was gonna be popping that shit, or they was gonna do like something that they normally do. And I was like, I really wasn't feeling that one. Yeah. But giving it a second go actually letting the lyrics sit on me he's he's popping some shit some of the beats still it's i'm in that same situation as that first album where i was like uh i don't know if i don't know if this is where music is at maybe he's ahead of the curb or maybe he's behind right and it has that feel like either he's ahead Mm -hmm. and it's going to be what everyone's going to be on all summer long or all next year or he's just a tad bit behind which he's usually ahead of the curb like when he started yeah. doing the caribbean music yeah he was ahead of the curb everyone wanted to do the caribbean music yeah and that, i think that when you're that big of a star you might not necessarily be ahead of the curb you just are the curb like yeah. so when you come out and all eyes are on you and as long as people are still fucking with you you can set whatever trend is going to be what's popping boom but if you're not and you just wind up being just behind the curve because, I mean, you're still rapping. The, the talent is still there. You're just not doing what everyone's doing. Right. And I actually think Nikki might be the, the new curb because she's kind of ramping up for a big come out. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's my expectations. I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping she doesn't disappoint, but I know she's going to be rapping because she's tired of everyone, you know, saying Cardi B over her. But Cardi's doing work. She's selling records, and her album was actually on point. I rock uh, with Cardi. Cardi Cardi was one of those albums that I, I listened to it. I sat down, and, you know, Cardi, I get it. She is a, uh, what they call an Afro-Latina. Yeah. 
but I wasn't feeling that I like it like that. I what? I, <laughs> I wasn't feeling it because I I personally don't like me personally because like I feel like hip hop is its own genre. I don't need to blend my my Latin culture into it because hip hop is hip hop. Okay. And I I never really been a fan of a whole lot of mixing and blending like that because mm-hmm. like I was like if I want to do Spanish music I do Spanish music if I want to do and I was like and I, I was like and that to me was like a I don't want to say it was a classic and like you don't touch a classic type song mm-hmm. but it is a classic pop song like everyone if you thought of a Spanish song that's probably like one of the first ones you think about and I didn't really feel like I said I don't know I just I feel like it's a culture vulture thing because most people didn't know she was a uh, Afro-Latina. Like, she doesn't present herself as a Latina. She's like, I'm a black bitch and da-da-da-da. Wow. So she identifies more as a black person mm-hmm. than a Latin person. So oh, I wow. feel like that's more of an issue. I was like, you're, so you're just dipping in just to get the Latin feel for the money, not mm-hmm. because, like, oh, that's part of my culture. Like, I don't rap in Spanish or do things in in, in Latin at all because one i don't speak it very fr- uh fluently unless we're in the kitchen <laughs> my man <laughs> but i don't i don't i don't get into the the whole capitalizing on being mexican in that sense that i'm trying to take away from my culture and make yeah. money off of it i was like i do try and say like i'm trying to represent for the mexican americans like me that were raised in america that yeah my parents are from mexico and i do know of the Mexican culture, but I'm not necessarily, you know, running with that flag. Like, Oh, you know, my people, whatever, whatever. Cause yeah. I look at myself, I'm an American. I don't yeah. think of myself as like a Mexican American because I know in Mexico, they're not going to look at me like, Oh yeah, he's one of ours. He's look, they looking at me like, man, you're an American. You don't even speak Spanish. And you, yeah. you know, I was like, so I look at it like that. I was like, but I understand it too. When people are like, I understand the plight of it. I understand being from like, you know, not, ex, you know, uh, when your people aren't accepting you. Yeah. But I mean, but, if I could rebut to that, I mean, you got to, I looked at it as, I mean, cause you got to think like Pitbull, Daddy Yankee, these guys, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, but they grew up in that culture. They're, they they're, they're, they they're, did? Like, uh, Pitbull is from uh, Florida and there's a big uh, Cuban community. There's a big Haitian community. So speaking Spanish was fluent. For me, I'm from St. Louis there wasn't a lot of Mexicans. You know, there wasn't a lot yeah. of Mexicans in St. Louis other than my family when we were kids. Right. I was like, now we're talking damn near, you know, I'm not going to age myself. Okay. But, but we're going to say now, five years after high school, there was a big Latin uh, community that, that popped up. They were popping yeah. up towards the end when we were graduating. Right. And that was after or around about the... Um, the Katrina years, you know, right. once everyone was moving up from, you know, Houston and, and, uh, the new Orleans and stuff like that, we, they relocated here, right. Which is, I think a lot of our crime, uh, spiked here, which because that's a different that. story, yeah. but not because of the Latins, cause of, you know, all the people relocating here. But in that spike, that's when we got a lot more Latins. Now we have Ecuadorians and we have Mexicans and we have, you know, Puerto Ricans and all these different, you know, Latin people now. Right. And there's pockets. There's always been pockets in St. Louis where you could be like, you can go down there on Cherokee, and that's like a little Mexico. You can go down there, and they all the little Mexican restaurants, and, and that's, they only speak Spanish down there. Right. But that's it. Like, we didn't have that before 
growing yeah. up. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's it's got to grow and, and change. And like I said, I thought it was a nice touch with her bringing in what's old boy named Bad Bunny and all them to spit yeah, that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, was, yeah. it sounded, it sound, it grew on me. Yeah. I like it. Just my initial reaction was like, yeah, because she didn't start popping that. I, something happened. You know what? It was the um, the girl from uh, Miami. Um, girl from Miami. Amara La Negra. Yeah. She, when she started talking about the colorism of being a dark skinned yeah. Afro Latina and everyone was hitting her for her Afro and, and herself, I, I didn't take her, I don't take her saying like being, you know, mixing her Latin music with her hip hop or her R&B that she does because she grew up in that culture. She, right. She was like, I grew up on those islands. I was moving around and doing that thing in, in, in uh, Miami and and all in places where they speak Spanish. And right. I was like, in New York, you do speak Spanish if you're from like uh, Spanish Harlem or something like that. Mm-hmm. But you never heard Cardi say that right. until she got into it with her. And I felt like so it was like a retaliation. Like I have to prove that I'm. It wasn't a natural feel to me. Yeah. And that that was my thing. Like eh, yeah. I don't really feel that. But she does have this one song with Jennifer Lopez. It's my shit. Straight and, up. Uh, Not J Lo. Jennifer Lopez and uh, and uh, Cardi got the song called uh, De Niro. That's mm. my shit. That's what's up. But like J Lo is one of those people. Like it surprises me she doesn't speak more Spanish because J Lo is from the Bronx and she does. Like you've heard her speak Spanish in movies and and shit. But she doesn't necessarily show that either. And I kind of feel like I relate to her. Like eh, I mean, she speaks it, but she's not necessarily trying to capitalize. Specifically um, off yeah, of that, yeah, yeah. yeah She's totally like, I'm, I'm part of this American culture, and this is what we do. Yeah, and so, but yeah. Um, anyhow, yeah, Cardi B's album it was dope. Yeah. Um, it's dope to see anybody new come in and win in a big way. Like she didn't have a ramp up that you've seen where like uh, they've been out for a minute and now they're finally getting the respect. It's like uh, nah, she was fresh out the box, right? Like I say, like out. she's not she's not like J Cole. Like J Cole came out. And he did an album, and some people fucked with it. He had a single that was kind of cool, but he really wasn't popping. Like, nobody gave J. Cole that same respect that they give him now. Right. Like, J. Cole's like the bar of, like, if you're rapping bars, you got Kendrick or J. Cole that you just don't want to say, like, who's better or whatever. You're like, no, it's Kendrick and J. Cole, and then everybody else falls in line. Right. And I think that's kind of an interesting thing to think, like, does nobody else remember like he did born center before he did forest hills and forest hills was the transition and now he's the curve but before like he did uh born center and uh was a cold world those were two albums that he did like you might have liked a song or two but nobody was really saying j cole was the man right right. until his third project um same thing with kendrick i mean well i don't know if you got on him early, you did like the Mad City, uh, Mad. What was the Mad Kid? The Mad yeah, City. Yeah, Mad City. Yep. I think some people like Bert told me about that, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yeah, man, you know, Kendrick's that new dude, but he might have just been ahead of the curve." Like, I don't think most people, not the masses, were fucking with him until he did. Shit, what was that one that he did um, before Damn Swimming Pool? Are you talking about the actual album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the album, mm-hmm. but you know, Kendrick's is one of them cats that you know. I, I've I've come to like as much as I love hip hop, I listen to a lot of different music from a long time ago to now and whatever. But when I've come to learn about hip hop, is like some of it's not for me. 
Yeah. I just don't like it. Like, you know, as much as I try, um, Kendrick's one of those people, like, he's got a few songs that when they go, they go. Yeah. But in general, like, I like Kendrick as a feature. Like, Kendrick to me is like Busta Rhymes. Like, you want, you really want a song to go, throw him on a feature and it's fun to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when it comes to, or even a, a, a I love Jadakiss. Jadakiss, if you if you want to hear him go, either you throw him in a battle and he's going to eat somebody up. Yep. Or you throw him on a feature and he's going to have one of them verses like, oh, man, that's sick. Yep. But I was like, I really don't fuck with him outside of that. Like, I listened to that damn album. And I was like, uh, he he switches his flow up too much yeah. for me to really fuck with it. And that's where um, I think he, he rubs a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that is because he got a different type of flow you the, know what I mean? but i do like it in the artistry though like when yeah, you think about it like unique. most people nowadays like a post malone post malone just does a bunch of songs throws it out that's an album or you know yeah. you don't one even of these. care about the art for real though well no like he does like his is a different style but like he doesn't he also rock and roll rap <laughs> shit he think you're a rock star for real well i think for him his artistry is I want to dabble in everything yeah. where, whereas to Kendrick's is like the old school. Like I came up with a theme and I built around this whole theme of like, this is what we doing. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't do that. Like Kendrick does this. Uh, he, he, he still is of that old school, like a, a cohesive albums from beginning to end. It's all about one project. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't do that. Everyone's like, man, I was just in the studio, recorded a hundred songs, took the best 10 songs, threw it out there. That's what you got. Right. And I think that's what today's hip hop is versus like him. Like, cause they're, you know, they're more worried about a single. Yeah. Kendrick and, and Cole are like, no, I want a good album. Exactly. The songs you are attracted to, you're attracted to. I don't make a, oh, this is going to be my first single. This is my third single, fourth single, whatever. They just came out with like, this was my album. This is my story. I wanted to tell you guys. Yeah. Y'all are, are, you know, play what y'all want. And he allows the, you know, you allow the people to do that. Which is different. It's a different situation, but it's a different art form of how you build that. So I think that's interesting. Like, I'm sure, well, we know Drake did that with his album. Yeah. He came out with, you know, God's plan. And then mm-hmm. you can, when you hear them, like, they have a different feel than the rest of the album. Right. So you know he built those to be singles. Um, smart marketing. I mean, it, it is smart. Um, For real. Especially if you, if you know that's, that's your lane. Like I can carve out these singles. Like you don't, you don't go to a, a Drake or a Cole or you don't go from a Drake plan to a Cole plan. And just like, I mean, I'm just let the people figure it out and do what it is. Yeah. You know, you, you gotta let that sit. So, but anyways, yeah. So you don't go from a, from that plan of having all those singles to just saying like, Oh, we're going to let the people decide what's, what's hot and what's not. So yeah. that's just a, I don't know. It's it's an interesting concept to oh, think yeah. about when you're talking about music, but um, we got all that from 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 your playlist. So who yeah. else you got in your playlist besides that that new Drake? Uh, and Cardi B. Um, um, shit. Honestly, you just got a little bit of everything. I right? got yeah everything. So man. so when you're DJing, would you call yourself a, a hip hop DJ or are you a top forty DJ? Is there a difference to you? It is. Um. You know, top forty. Of course, is playing top forty from not just hip hop. It's right. you know, I you know pop EDM. To me, all to me, that. yeah, that to me, it's like every song that's popular that anyone that knows you like, hear on so, the radio anytime. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what that's what that is. Which I could do. I, I at one point in time, I consider myself like a hip hop uh, slash 
uh, twerk slash, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, thug so, DJ. But, uh, bro, honestly, I'm just like a club DJ to be for real. You know what I mean? Yeah. And in radio, that's, that's mostly what I do. Right. So, you know what I mean? I it's the safest lane if you want to make money. Because, cause, like, you could do, like, man, I play that thug music, but, like, only a handful of people want to be there for yep. that. Yeah. And then the hard part to that is it gets dangerous. It does. for whatever fast. reason, when, when you play, you know, a, a, a song that gets people amped up, yeah, someone step on someone's shoe when it go down. At least in St. Yeah. Louis, I don't know yeah. about anywhere else. Yeah, but from my experiences, all the negative stereotypes that you hear about a hip hop show is usually someone was juiced up. And yeah, they was you know drunk, um, yeah. high some. They hear that one song yeah. to just get them in that groove, and they ready to let off. Yeah, literally. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, nah, man. Like I said, I, I try to call, try to be pretty versatile. You know what I mean? Play some rock and roll. You know yeah. what I mean? Some old school throwbacks. Have you done like personal parties? Like someone's like, oh, I got a wedding. Would you do my wedding? Yeah, I've yeah. done weddings. Um, shit, bar mitzvah. <laughs> you uh, done a bar mitzvah? Yeah, man. I, it's like, <laughs> How bro, was that? It, it was cool. It was cool. I mean, the we question did it is, the loop. Did, did the Jewish girls drop it like it was hot at some <laughs> point because it was and <laughs> and a, a long ass <laughs> skirt that was down yeah. to the ankles? Like, oh, yeah, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, nah, not necessarily because it was for a younger kid. So you know, what I mean, it wasn't. I, we kept it pretty PG. You know, what right. I mean, I, I played. You know, some Bruno Mars. You do, know, what I mean, do you have like, a um, someone that helps you out? Like, because I know, like. Your personal, you can't go into a, a a a show to do your music. Like, oh man, this is shit I like. I know this is what's gonna hot. Uh-huh. Or do you kind of go like let them pick out? Like, give me an idea of what you want, and then like if somebody's booking me for an event, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I I sit down with them beforehand, definitely to see kind of like what they got in their mind about what they how they want the event to go. You right. know, like I'm saying because it's all about that mood and that yeah. atmosphere. So uh, I try to be make sure that you know what I mean a song selection is gonna be something that's gonna line up. To you know what I mean, the crowd of people that they gonna have, cause you gotta gotta think. Like I said, I did a reception point. I did a birthday party, excuse me, in U City, and I had met with this nice young lady, very nice. I mean, the show went well, don't get me wrong, but the demographic was majority older people. You know what right. I'm saying? And half the list of music, I got Nelly and right, you know right, what I'm right. saying, a shiny and <laughs> I mean, you, yeah, the old school. Did you lose the crowd? I, I didn't. I mean, I did actually for a moment because right. I went in and I was I was actually told like, hey, you should play Nelly. You know what right, I mean? Right. I played some Nelly. I played, I think, some Chun Li. You know right. that new Nicki Minaj. Right. They got mad at me. Oh, sir, we're in our 60s. I don't want to hear Nicki Minaj. And no problem, man. Switch it up real quick for them. Everybody happy. You know what I'm saying? I'll tell you what. Um, someone we went to school with got married, and they had taken uh, my, my DJ Breeze, asked him to do the wedding. Yeah. And they was like, we want to hear nothing but Gucci Mane. Like, wow. And he was like, all right, cool. You know, he... He, I mean, he's a, he's a he's a good DJ. He can pretty much do whatever you want. If you want nothing but gully music, he can do it. If you want nothing but, but the the top forty, he can do it. That's why I fuck with him because he can do all crowds. But uh, he was doing it. He told me he was like, man, she told me like I want nothing but Gucci Mane and and Jeezy and all these like real dark Hood, trap, yeah. yeah. And it was a white girl, and like her and her friends, wow, were loving it. But everybody but else, right? He was like, it's all old white people in there, they in there, mad, <laughs> got their nose up. Yeah, and he was like, but it said it's funny because like not even her husband was out there dancing. It was just like her and like two or three of her girls were like, oh, this is my shit. Wow. And, it was, and he was like, I asked like, please let me go ahead and and play something different. And she was like, no. 
If it's not something I asked for, don't play nothing else. And that was it. And hey. he was like, I'm not going to lie, man. I, it was a shitty, it was a bad show. Like, I felt yeah. bad because, like, I lost the crowd. At one point, I had it going, and she was like, I want to hear nothing but this stuff. Mm. And she was just out there, like, giving it up like it was nothing. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's that's all bad. Like, you know, and that's the thing, like, what a lot of people don't realize, even as being in the club, you know what I right. mean? Like. For us to play something for you, for a lot of DJs, they won't. You know what I mean? I do because I'm a nice guy. I want to make sure everybody have a good time. Right, but right. honestly, as DJ, we're only obligated to do what the person is assigning the check right, that's handing right, over the right. bread. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you can have yeah. requests out the door, but. Yeah, he he told me, like, and I, I mean, it makes sense. He was like, you can't go from, like, a, you can't go from, like, a song, like, if you don't know about music, like, you measure it through, like, your BPMs exactly. when you're playing, uh an event so like right. you can't go from a song that's got like 60 bpm thinking like real slow yeah, yeah think of think about an r&b song you can't mm-hmm. go from an r&b song up to something that's like 140 where it's like fist pumping you yeah like you can't do that yeah and a lot of people will be like oh yeah you know it's it's real slow right now you know let me hear that new whatever and you say like, man that's like 160 bpm i can't i gotta work my way up uh, sometimes yeah. when you're working your way up the crowd might not necessarily be swaying that way right and if you're a good dj you paying you're playing to the crowd it's like exactly. if you're a, a rapper or a singer like you're not gonna just do all the songs you like to do you and your friends <laughs> you can't perform for everybody yeah, yeah. you trying to keep the crowd into it so that way they want you to come back and keep paying that money exactly so i understand it you know mm-hmm. and uh so when you guys are out there if you guys see a dj you know if you really want to Slip them some money. They might yeah. play that song. They'll play that little... song for you then. <laughs> <laughs> George Washington, make them holler. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, that's cool. Like, I, it's it's interesting because like I've known you for a long time. You know, we you know we go back all through school. Oh, uh, yeah, Squiddy Squad. And so to hear you go into the DJing world, I thought I was kind of thrown off because like you started out rapping a little bit, yeah, and then you was like, yeah, I'm not I'm not rapping no more. And I always fuck with you by saying when you're in season because you oh, go yeah. through a few times where like oh, yeah. you're rapping and then all of a sudden like oh I want to do a mixtape where the fuck did you yeah hey. rapped in like four years got them bars done <laughs> <laughs> when they in season so so why did you decide to go like I know you were you were you were promoting for shows like right. what made you get into the the promotion of shows dollar dollar bill you just decided you wanted to get because this the, the thing like business? and honestly hey salute and shout out to Frost Money. Uh, because after learning the behind the scenes of doing your own show or an event, right? regardless of, you know, how much money you make or all of that, you know, whoever you booking, the one person that has to get paid for you to have a show is the, the DJ. Cool. Yeah. Flat out. I mean, of course, you know, the venue and all right, of that. Right. I mean, that's that's a given. But I mean, you need one instrument to really have a show. Right. Right. You need a DJ. That's true. So that's true. and honestly, you know, I had a love for the craft. Like you said, I just I have been dabbling with it. Right. And um, like I say, I mean, from that perspective, like I was like, why I try something new. Like I said, I love music. Right. I think it's something that I can do. And luckily, it's, I've been blessed. It's funny. My family always tries to put me into like, oh, yeah, you could DJ. And I, I mean, I could if I had the equipment, but wow. but I'm not I'm not a DJ, guys. Like, I don't they don't understand. Like, no, I rap and, yeah. I, and I throw events. I have DJs on deck that I know, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't DJ. Right. Not to say I couldn't. Right. But it's just not what I do. And I was like, and I'd be a definitely a, a click DJ. Like, ah, just click that song. I'm not mixing shit. I'm not <laughs> yeah, no blending the nuts. Oh, damn. 
I was that like, I mean, fun. I could if I spent the time on it. I was like, but oh, I'm, yeah. you know, right now at this point in my career, like I'm spending my time on really building my beat craft and learning oh, that. Yeah. And uh, I DJing wasn't something I want to do. I was like, shit, sure. even rapping really when I first started wasn't my my end game. Like I came in. I just wanted to own the, the label. Bow. I was like, Bow. I came in like, man, I, I just want to own the label. I wanted to be Suge Knight. I, was yeah. like, I didn't know what Suge Knight did. <laughs> I just knew that Suge Knight was making money. Right while I was in the, in the studio. <laughs> right. I was like, I came in. That's what I was trying to do. I was like, I didn't know what Suge Knight did, but I know Suge Knight and Master P are the ones of the shit that yeah. be calling shots and making money. Yeah. And, uh, and I started doing the rap thing because I was like, well, who's going to sign to an independent label? running out their mom's basement at the time being in high school, whatever. Like I just didn't think anybody would do it. Luckily yeah. I had other people in school that were like, Oh shit, I'm, I'm down. Let's do this. Yeah. Making shit uh, happen. And I was like, so, and I was like, and even then, like I wasn't good at it in the beginning. Not that I'm great now. I said, but I'm, I know how to stay on beat now and I know what I'm doing now. I understand music now. So, but that's after years of working at that craft that a lot of people today, I, I wonder about society all these like I, I mean granted we're millennials but we're older millennials and we know what it's like to work but i don't think a lot of these younger ones like the new ones i think now they're generation z or whatever the next generation yeah. is they don't know what that work ethic is like to have to like yeah if you want something you got to work at it you're not yeah. going to get it just because you want it yeah yeah <laughs> you know and yeah. uh so i'm, I'm thankful that i never gave up and I mean, mm. I, again, I'm not the biggest artist or whatever, but I do know it's growing. I see my, mm. I see it grow. I see when I do new projects, I see the sales, you know, spikes and drops and whatever. I pay attention to it. But a lot of people quit. Like when I started my podcast, I remember I started out with one listener. And wow. I was like, I'm pretty sure that listener was me. Wow. <laughs> and wow. I went from one to two to five. And last I checked, I was, you know, it's, it's moving up. It went from one to five to 10 to 20 to 30, you know, so it's growing. For sure. Each week, you know, maybe two or three more listeners or maybe it'll spike up a little bit. If I have someone on here, when I put Frost on here, I got an extra 10 listeners. That's like, but it was, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, to me, it's cool. It's cool yeah. to watch it. I was like, to me, it's like, I know like the, the process is the fun part. Once yeah. you get to the end result, now you're going to look for a new peak to, to climb. Exactly. I was like, but if you can also learn to appreciate that climb, I mean, that's cool to watch, you know, when you can start seeing, you know, I know what it's like to do a song and no one like it. Then right. when you get one person, like, oh, I like that when you did that. Well, now I want to do it again. Exactly. And see if I can't get two people and three people and four, you know, you just growing that number. Yeah. People don't know what that's like. And to me, that's the fun part. That's, that's getting people to turn that curve for you and get with it. So, yeah. Um, funny thing is I was telling, uh, I think I told, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but I was talking to Frost and I was like, I remember one of my first times rapping, uh, you and Rico walked up to me and, uh, I don't know. You guys were saying you guys were putting a group together. It was like, mm. yeah, you know, audition, you know, let me hear you say something. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck I rap, but both of y'all just looked at, looked at each other, looked at me. It was like, cool. And they were like, walked away. And hey. I was like, I didn't know what the fuck that was about. That's it comedy. Was, it was weird, but I remember it was like freshman year. I was like, this shit's crazy. But I was like, I remember I was like, oh, I, don't, I never freestyled. And I just just said some shit, whatever. And y'all was like, cool, we'll talk to you later. And I never heard shit about that group again. Hey, wow. <laughs> I don't even think we did no group, bro, to be honest with I you. I think that was like the early 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 stages of what you guys tried to form of hit squad but oh yeah dnl shout out and i think that was like when you was trying to figure it out but didn't yeah. know what you were trying to do exactly but yeah that was it was just funny like you just think back of that career what you've been doing and how it's been going for sure 
Oh, he's involved, man. Let's see. I got a question for you. I, something I don't know. Like, do DJs beef? Like, do you have like problems yeah. with like hitmaker DJs? A, like, when I beef. see them niggas, it's on site. <laughs> it, it's a beef out of fact going on right now between Funk Flex and Kid Capri, and I got five on Kid Capri. So, I don't, I seen that, but I don't know what that's about. Like, is that so, just like on who's been in it at a, the longest? Or because like when I was talking about beefs, like I know in St. Louis we have like All Star DJs, the Fleet DJs. And yeah. that's what I was talking about. Like, do those, do those companies beef with each other, or do they just like, oh, we're just in the same area, yeah. we just kind of, you know, y'all are part of who y'all are, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's no beef, no, it's no rapper yeah. stuff. Like, it's all love. Shout out Hitmaker, shout out All Star, yeah. shout out Core DJs. Yeah, see, I I, I know about all those. Oh, good. Now, this other beef you're talking about, I think that's just like a radio personality versus like a music industry DJ, right? Because I don't know. Yeah, because Kid Capri, Capri, like, he kicked it off way back in the 80s with the mixtapes in New York, you know what I mean, with the new Blazers yeah, shit. Yeah, but he I was the first say, one, like, ever, talking on the mics and shit. Yeah, I, he was a real DJ. Like, yeah. I just, I just spin and you, yeah. you get busy. Yeah, and Flex, I mean, he could spin too for real, but what it was, they was having a conversation, and I think Flex got out of pocket, but not showing him enough respect. And that's when Kid Capri was like, bro, you be out here sunning people and you really trash. He was like, you know what I mean? So battle me. You know what I mean? Let's yeah. let the people decide. Let's put together the battle. Oh, speaking of battles, did you see. The uh, the battle between Tim and uh, and Swiss Beats at, at Summer or Summer Jam. I missed it. I heard about it. So I missed it. I watched a little bit of it. And I, and I I went in when I heard them going back and forth in the beginning, like a year ago, when they was like, "Oh, I, you don't want no smoke with me," and they finally did it. I was like, "Finally, I want to see who won." I hate to admit it, man, but I think Swiss got him. I seen I seen over Timberland. Yeah. I, when I hear it, I think Timlin got better songs. Yeah. Better, you know, like just his catalog to me is better. Yeah. But Swizz has these like drops. Like when you know you know a Swizz beat to like whenever you hear the dun 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 and then it drop and mm-hmm. you're like, Man, he just the build up mm-hmm. and when you're doing a battle, you gotta get the crowd and his his build up to when it drops, it just it got you. Yeah. And you know, all of like all all his songs with Jay Z were like those those build up, you know, mm-hmm. type tracks, and they go. And I was like, not to say, like, I don't know, like from what I see now, I think I did hear some people say Timberland won, but I was like, I only watched out of twenty six minutes, I watched like the eleven minutes of it. And I, I thought Swizz was getting it because wow, but Swizz has more of a personality. Timberland's kind of more of an introvert. Like, man, I just let my music play for itself, and he just kind of, you know, let the music play and just kind of, you know, pump people up, but. Swizz was like, everybody go, go, and, you know, and get, you know, obviously if you're 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 hyping me up, I'm I'm going even stupider. But then yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah, that's so, smart. So it was it was a situation, but no, I, I haven't really looked into the flex be doing too much. Like flex be doing shit just to get in people's faces. So I don't really fuck with flex like that. Hey, <laughs> shout out flex. <laughs> I don't really, you know what it is, is because I think he borderlines talking tough. Yeah. And that's what I don't like. Like, yeah, but he I, even said it like pre put the clip up, man. Where he called his own self a sucker. He was like, "Boy, you a sucker, DJ." Played the clip. Yeah, Flex was like, "Yeah, I am a sucker sometimes." <laughs> Boy, you drove. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I think that's that's that to me. Like, I, I we're gonna go into another topic from this because I know it's gonna lead to it. But um, I just me personally, I I don't respect it. Like, don't talk crazy if you're not crazy to, to back it up. And, yeah. I mean, I have heard him. I will call them boys on you. I will call yeah. somebody else on you. I'm not about that life. Yeah. And so that's that's uh, 
definitely one of those things. And, and it's kind of off subject, but it has something to do with it. Um, Terry Crews, you heard about his trial that he's in? Yeah. So he got assaulted sexually. Right. What are your opinions on this? Because I have I have a, an opinion about it. I think it's interesting. The well, the Hollywood joint, like I mean, this is all real. Like them is facts. Like them, you know, some right. people, you know, you heard right. the saying, you got to sleep to the top. Like, <laughs> right, motherfuckers right, right. is really about their life in Hollywood. Right. Like, either you setting out or bitch, you getting but, out. But do you think of him less as a man of letting another man grab your I, shit? I don't think that he necessarily let him. From what I understand, like dude had walked up and grabbed him. From what I understand, I, right. maybe I didn't read enough right. into it. You know what I mean? That's the story. Like he. He, he okay, was, well, I was, mean, he was with his wife. He, he, he was, was with his wife, right? And another grown man walked right. up and grabbed him, right? You can't control that copper, right? So, I mean, to an extent, well, you know, defense, but, but 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 your your response was like, do you feel like he should have beat his ass? Do you think he's less of a man for not? Well, off? not necessarily. I mean, just off the strength of you know the mindset we got now, like you can't handle everything with a hammer. You know what so, I'm saying? So exactly. So I, for me, and this is more how I was saying it was leading into. So Fifty Cent been trolling him. Like, yeah, man, I, you know, man, am I thinking like an old well, woman? He's a troll anyway. Yeah, but you know, there was some, one of the congresswomen. She said, "Well, you're a big man. You could have pushed him off. You could have done." And so Fifty recorded it, put it on his Instagram. Like, am I thinking like old woman? Because I'm thinking the same shit. Yeah, and I get it. I understand the the male ego is fragile, but society makes it fragile. Yeah, because you can't. There's certain things you can't do as a man with them. Saying like questioning your manhood, like yeah. Terry Crews has said it on. Uh, uh, I think it was. I don't know if he said it on the Breakfast Club, but I think he said it on Sway. One of those. Anyways, he said, "I'm paying money that I would have had to pay anyways. Had I beat his ass, I'd have been paying for court yeah. to to stay out of jail." Yeah. So he was like, "So why not hurt him in a way of Smart responding man. in the way that I did?" Exactly. And it made me think about it. You know, if you see, like I'm a big man, I'm six foot. If I hit my wife. Or push her, and she might have been slapping me, and everyone watched her slapping the shit out of me for ten minutes, and I finally push her off me. Everyone's not going to pay attention to the fact that she she's was been doing, me. yeah, beating yeah. my ass for the last ten minutes. They're gonna be like, "Man, you a six foot, two hundred pound man yeah. just pushed the shit out of her." Yeah, and the optics of that looks bad, and then that's yeah. what Terry Crews has said: the optics of me beating up a little old white man. Yeah. I'm a two hundred twenty-five pure muscle man. Yeah, if I had hawked off and hit him. He they just died. and he's a million dollar billion dollar man that yeah. has all these agents and all these yeah he was like no one's gonna employ me no one's gonna do none of that and yeah. everyone's still looking at me sideways like how you just let him do that as a man and he's like i'm trying to tell you guys because the consequences are deeper than me just hitting him. exactly same thing with the the uh c murder situation c murder about to get out i think he should be getting out because I've seen it because the if you guys don't know c murder was a rapper in the 90s and um, he went to jail for murdering a kid that he's he's maintained his innocence this whole time. The people that said that he did it have now said that the police made them say that. What? He so, was set up. Yeah. So the police made the, the people say, uh, say it was C murder and you guys could go or whatever. And now two witnesses have come out and said, you know, this is a second witness now. So now they're going to probably get him out of jail mm-hmm. on the strength of two witnesses have said like no nah, the police made us say that shit yeah but that's still to be seen but anyways when i heard that i was thinking like see murder's a millionaire how dare you let somebody fuck up your money for you know you a millionaire traveling the world got a big record label with all the hottest you know everything at the time he was on top of the world at the time yep no limit was and i was thinking like how why would you let someone fuck that up 
but that male ego, like, you know, they were saying it was over like a thousand dollars. And I was like, but dude has millions. Why are you worried about a thousand? That's a dollar to me. But in the male ego, someone step on your shoes. I think Mac from, uh, no limit shot somebody cause someone stepped on his Jordans. I was like, dude, who is Mac main from the, you know what I'm saying? But again, it's that male ego of feeling disrespected. And when you come from lower income worlds, like much of us do, yeah, you don't you ain't that's nobody gonna they don't, you don't have nothing to lose yeah you, it's a learned response yeah you, you you don't have nothing to lose and as a, that's all you have is you know you got twenty dollars in your pocket you ain't worried about going to jail they hold you for four hours send you home yeah but when you're a million dollar multi million dollar man billion dollar man they are always pressing charges you ever notice like someone that has money want to press charges if you were in the streets and you yep. hit a kid that has money he sues you yeah and you really like man I, I went to jail over hitting a rich kid. And the reason why is because that kid had money. He could go to court with you. He could take you for whatever you Do did. Right have. processes, yeah. And 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 he's been raised in that. But us in a lower income world, you ready well, to fight? Yeah, like man, you ain't gonna be walking up to me and doing whatever, yeah. whatever. And I was like, so it's an interesting concept to think like you know, no one takes men assault. Like assault is assault. It if is. If you see out. me fight another two hundred pound man, you be like, well, shit, that's two big dudes fighting, and you let them fight. You yeah. don't say nothing about it. You don't. Yeah. Ain't nobody trying to break it up. Yeah. But if you've seen it with uh, a smaller man, you might be like, "Oh, he's beating the crap out of that little guy." You're gonna have an issue with it. Or sometimes that's a sometimes situation. That's not yeah. an all time situation. Yeah. But if it's between a man and a woman, in a world of equal rights, and I, I, I quote equal rights, you be like, "But you can't hit a woman because she ain't got that strength." But what if she's a 600 pound woman fighting another 600 pound man that's two big ass people them punches is gonna hurt yeah they is (laughs) and i was like so it's just a weird thing of like no one i was like everyone just assumed because it's a woman that she's not as strong as a man or whatever it's like or she could be 200 pounds and he's 120 pounds right i was like there's there's assault that happens on men every day yeah. And that man can't say my wife beats on me because you're going to be looking at him like, wait, you telling me your wife beating on you? You're going to laugh at yep. him. You're going to joke him out. Yeah, I'm a victim, then, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're going to make fun of all that shit because you're going to be like, man, I can't, you know, I can't be a man to be a victim. The police going to look at you like you're crazy because you're calling on, on on a woman and whatever. But like you can't say, push back. I mean, because like you said, it's equal rights now. Like, so, well, I mean, they, they got to say it is. It doesn't mean society. They might laugh I mean. at you. You right. know, <laughs> <laughs> I use a bitch. <laughs> 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 Your bitch beats you up. <laughs> but but that's what I'm saying. In yeah. society, society conditions us to have that fragile mindset. Why can't I be a man and say I've been assaulted? Right. Why can't I say, man, I was sitting here minding my business. He or she, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Assault is assault. I'm it not is. I'm not I'm not trying to say it's equal in that sense. I'm just saying assault is assault. It doesn't matter. Man hitting another man, that's assault. Yeah. A, a woman hitting a man is assault. Uh a man getting raped is still a, a sexual assault. It yeah. doesn't, you know, doesn't matter if it's a woman or a man, it's still a sexual assault case. Right. That's my point. I think it's just interesting that we we are in that situation of like Nobody questions like, oh, well, you a man, you you're less of a man because you allowed that to happen. I'm like, it's nah, crazy to me. Yeah, it is. A lot of people got more stuff to lose. Honestly, that's what I've been trying to focus on in my personal life is my reactions to a lot of situations. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. Because like you stated, you know, we came up, shit, it ain't no problem to knuckle up. You know what right. I mean? But with shit, you got a house, car, kids, whatever. You know, right. businesses. You got to think twice. I tell you what's a funny situation to think about. Um, the only time I've ever heard of an assault workout in, in the pl- all places that it worked out for you was uh, 
LL Cool J. Someone oh, broke yeah. into his house. Oh, yeah. And LL Cool J is walking around in his underwear. I was like, I'm going to go give me a sandwich. Walk down the stairs, see some man in his house. I was like, now I'm laughing at this guy because you got your ass whipped by a man in his underwear. Yep. Yep. <laughs> doing some do shit. Nothing. <laughs> he couldn't do nothing. And and from what I heard, like they said, like the police that responded, I was like, that dude was fucked up. Yeah. Like, dude got a broken jaw. Dude it's was like up. a bloody mess. LL Cool J ain't no little dude. No, no, no. But, <laughs> so. but, but but the the thing about it, like, dude, you was in, you on. was fully clothed, and this man came out in his boxers and b- beat the bricks out you. That's <laughs> funny. That, that's comedy. L L Cool J. But Mama said the only reason why it's also amazing to me because this this was in California. You know, California is one of them states you cut yourself breaking in the house. They can sue. You can sue. So the fact that he was able to get your ass whooped by a man in his underwear, a broken jaw, and you ain't get sexually assaulted, yeah. Is amazing to me, like hey. man, shit. Hey, he lucky though, uh, shit. Out yeah. here, shit, he would have got body. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. A lot of people <laughs> never heard about that. There was a, a old Green Beret um, in the East Side. Someone broke into his house. Three people broke into his house, Damn. and he was in his bedroom sleeping. And they, he, uh, he was in his room sleeping. He hears them. They, they walk in his room, and he was like, "Shut up and don't move." It's like. What do y'all want? He was like, shut up. I got a knife. Don't move. He said, like, you got a knife? He's like, yeah. He said, good. He said, he reached under his pillow, pulled out that 38, let, let that him hammer happen. go. Yeah. He caught him. He ran down the hall. The guy was trying to go back out the window, hit him three more times. He mm. died falling out. The guy, only one guy drove off and they mm. was, he didn't get no trouble for it. I was like, but, yeah. but I was like, yo, you got to be a bad motherfucker to have a 38 reload. Why are you chasing somebody out? Oh, yeah. House? You got the speed loader. <laughs> Pop them bitches out, threw some right in. There you go. I was like, that's a bad motherfucker. But to me, I was like, I, I was like you, he better not get in no trouble for that because that man was sleeping minding his own motherfucking oh, yeah. business. Oh, yeah. Nah. And and they had, a, I mean, granted, they had a knife and they, the other guy was running, but still, it's like, shit, you still in his house. Fear un- for my life. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how many more people were still in this household. So shit. Yeah. Because you got to think, though, bro. You know what fucked me up? I was reading this article. It's kind of related to that on some breaking and entering shit. You remember the Golden Gate uh, serial killer? Yeah, 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 yeah. That cat. I was reading about that nigga, and that dude was breaking in people's houses, putting plates on their back. You know what I'm saying? Getting getting beat up and raped for seven hours straight. That's crazy. Crazy, bro. So, like, for real, I wouldn't put it past nobody. You know what I mean? You, you know what's know crazy what to me? Um, back when I was in, in college, um, the first go-around, I did a paper on the death penalty. And going into that situation, I was for the death penalty. I was like, man, you know, death penalty, fuck yeah, you know, you piece of shit, you deserve to die. And this shit left me in, and especially in more recent years, but that shit left me in limbo in the sense of how many people get sentenced to life in prison or murder uh, or or death over murdering somebody. Because, like, I, I read a, a couple cases of, like, women that were raped mm-hmm. and brutalized. Like, you know, this one lady, I remember it was, like, in a Life magazine. She was raped, beat, left for dead. Like, he had stabbed her, cut her. Like, That's horrible. Dude. Like, mutilated her face, left her on the ground thinking she was dead left the knife next to her so as soon as he got up and was starting to put his pants back on she grabbed that knife and stabbed him to death good and she got sentenced to life in, in prison over there i was Stop. like what the fuck nah they fucked and, up and and there was more than one case that was like that where i was like how you tell a woman that been raped and left for dead like he didn't think like 
they was like, well, she wasn't in, in danger no more. What? Yeah, that's what they said. <laughs> That's what they said. They said she somebody was, changed the terror threat from, yeah, <laughs> from red they, to orange. Yeah, they said she was no longer in, in dangerous harm. But I was like, but her mind frame, like, yeah, was mean? still wasn't yeah. like, like she's still traumatized. Like she's still. And they talking that shit because I guarantee you, you raped their ass. They in five minutes, they not gonna be fine. But the world, like, <laughs> the U.S. The U.S. is fucked up on this rape shit. You hear yeah. about the dude that raped the girl and only did like six months in prison because the they didn't want him to ruin his life. Oh, the that money he paid for that, right? But he paid he, for. But that. you know, you hear that that's being brought back up though. Yeah, but this is the problem. Like, even with that being said, you're right. He got the soft hand from the law, but that nigga, I promise you, he can't go to Walmart. He can't go to Radio Shack like you me. You say and that. Do. You say that. I promise you. <laughs> I promise you, they was pulling up on him. Yes, well, sir. Because I seen the news whenever he got out and they was talking that shit to him. Old Babe had an AR over around her chest. Like, I want you to rape me. Rape me, motherfucker. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But, like, but hey. here's the thing. The judges, they're trying to vote that judge out now. Like they, it needs they, to they, go. They, they hold in a special election to vote him out because they found it. Uh, from my, I don't know how true it was, but from my understanding, they found enough evidence to say that he's lenient. Like, one, he, he's, he holds all the cases over that I don't know whether I don't remember what college it was, but whatever college, I think it was Harvard or something, whatever Ivy League college he was at, he oversees all those cases that come up and every sexual assault he is very lenient on. So they were trying to hold a special uh, uh, election to vote him out of office. And um, I don't think it went through, but I think they were trying to get him kicked out for it. And if it was the case, it would have been like the first one since like 1978 to wow. get voted out of office like that. Mm-hmm. But it was an interesting thing to think about because his reasoning why he said that man, his reasoning for not giving him a longer sentence or a harsher penalty was, I mean, his, his, the Lord, his lawyer said, he's a young man. You don't want to ruin his career. He, he has a good, he has a good uh, life ahead of him. If he doesn't fuck it up, if you, if you're leaning on him. He agreed to that. And he said, well, technically she wasn't awake to be able to say no. What? That was the argument. What? Why. So he was like, so yeah, he's guilty of raping her, but technically he never, she never was, hey, never said no. She technically never said no. I'm like, yo, this is, this is America. Like this is the fucking, hey, I'm telling you, like I said, <laughs> I was like, but you know what's crazy? Walmart, bro. The, the crazy part is that if it would have been a minority, they wouldn't even have said that. Blink twice. Like, you old. You, you done. You, you a black male, whatever. Or you a Mexican yeah. male. You going to. That was the other thing. I found out most minorities that are in prison. There's. What is it? I want to say. For every. So the, the numbers was something along the lines of like 75% of crime is committed by white people. 75 percent yeah and 25 is committed by all the minorities mm-hmm. but only 25 percent of all white people that commit crimes go to jail that's crazy and 75 percent of all minorities go to uh prison so the numbers and the ratio of like wait a minute how is only if we only commit 25 75 percent of us are going to jail for it hey that don't add up it's the it's the it's the definition of like insanity when you think about that shit. Like, man, that shit don't even make shit don't make sense nowhere. <laughs> right, real shit. But the only thing I can think of is like white people got money to fight for those rights 
in, they in do. minorities. They ain't shit. We out here just trying to struggle to survive. That's the thing. Motherfuckers just got to learn how to work the system. You know what I'm saying? The, but the problem is the system changes when you learn how to work it. Indeed. That they don't like when you figure out the cheat code to like, man, how you know about that special law that you wasn't supposed to know about exactly. to get you out of it? You needed money to know about it. What's your uh, Instagram real quick? Uh, my, it's uh, Sleep EJ. It's all one you. word. I got you, yeah. But uh, let's see. I'm going to see. This is still part of the sexual assault stuff, and this is going to be the last topic we're going to talk about, and we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Okay. Uh, the Carolina... Panthers former uh, owner. Did you hear about him? No. Like the whole reason why he sold the the, the Panthers. I don't know if he actually finished. Oh yeah, the Diddy was finna buy. Right. The whole reason why he was selling was because he had these uh, sexual assault, uh, racial misconduct things that were going on. What the NFL is forcing him to pay uh, two point five mil. Wow. For for, for a sexual assault or sexual harassment and uh, racial misconduct or whatever. Hey, and I just read a little bit about it. This girl, he called her into the office in the middle of the week. He's like, yeah, why don't you come over down to the stadium and hang out with me in the office? And he was just hanging out in the office like, yeah, throw your legs over my lap. Uh, rub them all on my dick. And all this. Wow. Like, like, it was just like really weird. And she was like, I did it because I didn't know what to do. And I was like, it's. I'm not going to victim blame or shame or nothing because I don't know what, you know, maybe she was scared, whatever the case was. But I just like, yo, that's just crazy as an employer to think you could just call someone down to your office. I'm like, yeah, get comfortable. Lay down. Sit on my lap. Let's talk about this. Right. Hey, that's real, though. Facts. <laughs> and I just think it's interesting to see. Um, I really didn't. Like, the only thing I was interested in the Carolina Panthers was, like, if they was going to come to St. Louis because rumor was uh, the Bush family was going to buy the Jets and bring them to to St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, I was thinking, well, I would rather have the Panthers if they're going to buy anybody. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just think it's crazy to think, like, it's it's an interesting time to see everyone getting in trouble for, like, racial or, like, because to me, I look at it as, like, if you're of a certain age, like, I can allow some, some racist shit to slide. Not to say that it's all right. Yeah. But like I think, like yeah, if you're sixty or older, you grew up during segregation. I'm sure you still have some old racist ways yeah. about you. Yeah. Um, if you're in your thirties and you're racist, like I'm, I just I'm dumbfounded because I'm like, man, you grew up in the same time I did, where everyone was mixed and mingled and everything else. So it mm. throws me off if they're under thirty and they <laughs> they have these racist ways. Yeah. But uh. It's it's des- definitely an interesting time to think like you know we're gonna be able to you know I'm not gonna have no kids but you have kids mm-hmm. <laughs> and you'd be able to tell them like I remember a time when this wasn't okay or this was a you know this was okay you know yeah um, I get I get annoyed in the sense that I I do remember a time where you could say whatever you wanted you could say something that was offensive and though it was offensive no not a hundred people ran out and like oh my god you hurt my feelings by saying this or even yeah. if it doesn't hurt your feelings, you'd be like, that's wrong. Why do you care if your feelings ain't hurt? Like, don't tell me that it's wrong if I didn't hurt your feelings directly. I was like, because I'm, you know, I've, I've gotten in conversations with people. I tell people, like, look, I'm an asshole. I know I'm an asshole. I say some ignorant shit. And I say it for shock value, not necessarily because I'm trying to hurt nobody's feelings. Right. And I was like, but people, people get all in their feelings about like, oh, that's so wrong. You can't say that and this and that. And I was like, for me, I was like, I do what the fuck. You know, if you don't like, like, if I hurt someone's feelings, like, 
I'm not intentionally trying to hurt no one's feelings or ill will towards nobody. Right. I was like, I just wanted like, oh shit, he just said something. Like to me, that's why I like hip hop. Like I don't know about you. Like when I listen to rap, like when you, when you listen to rap, what made you listen to it? Oh, uh, that's how, honestly for me coming up. Like honestly, uh, like shit. like Frost was telling me for him, hip hop was like the fact that a black man could say something that may not necessarily be kosher. That's what like to him why hip hop was always dope. Yeah. For me, my deep love of hip hop was like, man, I love like I was talking to the wife. She was sitting there talking about you don't have nobody that gives you life whenever I was like, I don't even know what that means. Mm-hmm. Like cause she was talking about the Jay Z and Beyonce album. She's like, Beyonce gives me life and I was like, What does that mean? She's like that excitement when you hear it, you just be like, Oh my god, I can't I was like, Yeah, I don't I don't get that. Yeah. But I was like, Oh, I take that back, thinking about it for a couple of days, I was like, you know what? Hearing an artist say something that's gonna catch like you off guard like i can't believe he just said that like eminem and i say this because it's my favorite eminem line was whenever he talked about lining them kids up in columbine and shooting them all with all those guns i was like when i heard that mm-hmm. that shit had me like oh shit i can't believe that to me is hip-hop that yeah. oh shit moment yeah of it you know like even uh watching a battle whenever someone's like going off and then someone like nonchalantly says oh you mad because i'm styling on them yeah and like the oh he just made you look stupid in that yeah. second by just saying I'm so cool that you you mad because I'm so cool like yeah yeah no I doubt. was like that to me was always what what made hip hop you know I mean that in the stories like the storyline of you know yeah an artist telling telling t- telling me story, your yeah. story yeah and I so people don't understand what makes hip hop you know why why can't you have a ghostwriter in hip hop to be taken serious as an MC. Right. And I was like, and really because all the MCs were telling their story. That's it. I was like, now pop biggie. All right. I was like, no one was talking about, uh, no one ever puts Dr. Dre in that seat. No one puts, uh, easy E in that seat or whatever. Maybe his kids may be like, Oh, well, you know, my, you know, but they don't talk about him being a top MC because he didn't write his stories. Ice Cube, uh, you know, whoever else was writing for NWA, like those people were writing for Easy E, not Easy E. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, Pac was writing his story or his feelings about stuff, and that's what makes you an MC in this game. I was like, and like I could say, like someone could have someday tell me, like, oh, you don't write all your raps. I was like, you're right. I write ninety nine point nine 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 of my raps. I've had two raps in my whole career that have been written for me. And that was mostly not because, of, like, I couldn't write them. Like, one time, me and Frost were going to do a song together. Frost was just in the groove, and he was like, I just started writing your verse. <laughs> like, wow. And he was just like, I just like the song that I was writing, and this is what I was like, well, this is what I think you would have said. So he wrote that verse for me. I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll try it. That's what's and, up. And then uh, the homie uh, JB wrote a, a, a song, and he wanted he wanted a certain style on it, so he wrote it how he thought I should say it. And so I listened to it and I tried it. I like, I'm not, I've always been that type of person. Like, I'm not afraid to try something. And I was like, but most of my stuff has always been written from me. I was like, aside from hooks, I've written every verse that I've ever rapped, except for those two. I was like, so if I was ever lucky enough to get into those conversations of being one of the best, I was like, I did write all my shit, but those two verses. And if you could pull them up right now, you know, shout out to you for being a day one. Bye bye. (laughs) Show you right. But uh, yeah, to me, hip hop was always about that oh shit moment when you yeah. catch somebody off guard with like you know the wildest bar that you could think of, or if it wasn't wild or just something that puts you in a moment like 
to me, Nas is one of the greatest because he could tell he could paint a picture. Oh yeah, in the way he sells something like oh, there yeah. is one song where he was talking about fighting in the street and he was talking about scoop the dirt, throw it in the eye. And I was like, yo, the way he just say that shit, I you was like, see it. yeah, you could vi- like he verbally paints yeah. a picture in a point that I could visualize a kid in the street, yeah, fighting in that. And I was like, I know what that feels like. So to me, that's what makes se- separates everybody. I mean, it connects people too, though. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's always used as a form of expression. You know what I mean? Right. So definitely, man. Like I said, that's why I rock with it. You know, just music in general, not just hip hop. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Mu- well, music in general to me has always been tight because of uh, doesn't matter. It it transcends emotions. Um, right. You know, if you're going through a breakup, you got a whole breakup list. If you're going through right. a, a, you know, oh, I'm working out. You got these songs that pump you up, and it don't matter where you are, they pump you up, get you going. Exactly. And I was like, the way that it taps into the emotion that people have, that to me has always been that. Like, yeah, that's that's the magic of, of music or entertainment in general. It's like, man, they can do so much with music that it's crazy. You could drive somebody nuts with music if it's like. This fucking song keeps playing, and I hate this song. Yeah, yeah. The most obnoxious songs in the world. It's funny. My sister-in-law, she hates that uh, party in the USA. Mm. And sometimes I'll text her the song, so when she opens it up, it's like, oh, I fucking hate this song. That's but it's funny to me yeah. <laughs> to fuck with her. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I get other people like, oh, everyone texts her the same song, so when she opens it up, it's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Ew. That's crazy. But, uh, yeah, so that's, I mean... It's all good. Yeah, it's, it, music is is a, a great thing. It's a good time. Um, anyways, that that concludes my show. Tell everyone how they can uh, reach you. Yeah, man, definitely follow me on all social media, man. DJ Block, B L O C K three one four on everything. Um, definitely make sure you come check out your boy uh, July thirteenth and the fifteenth. Um, I'm gonna be at the Universal Soul Circus, if I can say it right. Universal Circus. <laughs> Starting at 7 p.m. Yeah, that's what it is. Thank you, Compo. Uh, You know what I mean? I'm dehydrated. It's hot outside. So uh, definitely come out and check us out, man. You know, we got the Fleet Conference coming up, North Carolina, man. Artists, if you're trying to get your record spun, whatever, email it to me at djblock.fleetdjs at gmail.com. Hit me on the link, man. You know what it is, man. Salute, Compo. Appreciate it. So before I get I want to ask you about that. So the conference is that like something for just djs there's gonna be artists in there trying to yes industry mixer so you yeah, know what i mean okay, it's, it's other dj crews that come through i think last year we had nerve djs come through they ceos and all that too that's what you got some what's djs up. that are split brand right you know what i mean plus you got the stars it's gonna be there gina from martin we got Gip. we got daz dillinger uh, I believe Jaquay coming back from Love and Hip Hop. Gunplay going to be there. That's a long list. I could be here five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gunplay got this one song called Fight With My DJ or Demons. That shit, hey, that's my shit. Till my knuckles turn for <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah, but, uh, that's Bible on the Dash too, matter of fact. Shout out. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, anyways, yeah, man, it's it's always good to catch up with my, my, my brethren. Indeed. Um, you know, if you guys don't know, follow me on uh, Twitter at Sleepy J. It's a S L E P or sorry, it's S L E E P underscore E underscore J. That's on Twitter. On Instagram, it's Sleep E J. It's S L E E P E J, all one word. That's where I'm most active on there. I'm always getting in people's pictures and talking shit or on Twitter talking shit on whatever I can see. So follow me on there. If you guys have any suggestions on who I should have on next or anything like that, 
please hit me up. Let me know. Uh, yeah, that's the show. Take it easy, guys. Yeah. Uh...